All right, it is time for another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get to our guest, I have something exciting to tell you. If you love listening to the Crypto 101 podcast, um, you know, you're, you're getting two episodes uh, a week. You're hearing about crypto experts and learn about their companies and projects. Well, guess what? Now you have the opportunity to hear from 47 of the top crypto experts for a full jam-packed three days where they will discuss what they believe to be the best crypto opportunities for the year. And it's all happening during our Digital Currency Summit. Okay, it's a virtual event. It's hosted by Pizza Mind, a.k.a. Aaron Malone, and myself. And guess what? Your ticket to attend is totally free. Um, so to reserve your free ticket, just go to digitalcurrencysummit.com and click the link and go sign up. It's all done there. And, and you got to do it now because you don't want to miss out on this event. And we really can't wait to see you there. Again, it's digitalcurrencysummit.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, I am today not joined by my notorious compadre, my companion, my best friend, Mr. Aaron Pizzamine Malone. Uh, I'm flashing my bat signal to you, Pete, wherever you are. Uh, I need you, buddy, but you're, I feel bad for you, to be honest, because I think you're going to be missing out on one of the uh, highest caliber, most action-packed episodes that we've had the pleasure of recording here, uh, because I'm just joined by Ben Armstrong, who is uh, a crypto juggernaut, and he's the founder of probably a name that you guys have all maybe heard, BitBoy Crypto. Um, so Ben Armstrong, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Um, I definitely know, you know, I've checked out your podcast before. I've definitely in, uh, listened to some episodes. Uh, it's been around for uh, a, a while and, um, you know, good to see you guys having a lot of success and, uh, you know, looking to chat it up. Yeah, and we're still here after all these years. Uh -huh. Bear market, bull market, <laughs> bear yep. market, bull market again. So we're going to continue to be here. Uh, and I'm excited to talk to you. We don't have an outline. We don't have any discussion points that we kind of chalked up beforehand. This one's going to kind of be free flowing, but let's just get to know each other. You, you've built yourself a, a crypto empire, if you will. I'd love to know your story. I, I think the audience you know, has probably seen one of your videos or an advertisement at some point very recognizable figure in the space. So how did you become from Ben Armstrong to, you know, BitBoy Crypto? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, I've got all kinds of twists and uh, turns to my story, but kind of when it comes to BitBoy, people call me BitBoy, right? I never had a nickname in my life, but people call me that now. I'm a 39 year old man. I certainly do not look like a boy. And um, <laughs> it, it's a little embarrassing that people call me BitBoy sometimes because it sounds like, you know, what, what am I trying to be? Well, the BitBoy, is a superhero. You know, he's right here behind me, a little bobblehead. This was the idea of my channel started as was to do an animated series and to do something that was fun in crypto uh, into that in January 2018 is when I started the channel. And what I found is it was a lot of work for zero ROI. So I was basically like spending all this time working with an animator and I learned how to animate myself and do some things myself because the animator was too slow. And so people weren't watching the videos. And so somewhere along the way about March, my friend, uh, Justin Williams, who's actually now my, my VP of NFT development and has his own channel, NFT Update, he actually was the person that came up with the idea for BitBoy. And he said, you know what? 
let's scrap the cartoon idea. Let's scrap the superhero idea. Let's do news videos. And, you know, you know a lot about crypto. You like to educate people. You have a, a way of, you know, explaining it simply. And so that's why I started doing, uh, doing news videos. But what actually brought me into crypto was in uh, 2012, uh, I bought my first Bitcoin at $12 in December that year. It was for a service. It wasn't the Silk Road. It was for a software that I needed for uh, a business that I was running. And fast forward to 2013, the price pumped up. I had some in an account and I sold it for thousands of dollars that would be worth a, a massive amount. I don't like to think about that much these days. And so I kind of watched crypto in 2014 after Mt. Gox. I kind of felt like it was probably over. 2015, it came back, started watching a little more in 2016, bought a little bit here, bought a little bit there. Um, not a huge amount. So, you know, I'm talking hundreds of dollars, not thousands even. And, uh, you know, in 2017, I started adding up all the money I should have, you know, if, if I wouldn't have sold too early. And I just realized I made a big mistake. And the reason why I, I made that mistake is because I wasn't educated in what I was putting my money in. I, I was just someone who saw that I needed to buy this to buy the service. I bought it and I never thought anything more about it. I remember when I met a guy at uh, McDonald's from localbitcoins.com to sell that Bitcoin in 2013. I remember trying to learn about Bitcoin and getting into like some of the websites and educational resources. There were none. They all like GeoCity sites explaining what Bitcoin was. There, were, I think maybe Chris DeRose was the only Bitcoin YouTuber back then. Uh, he did the Uncensored podcast for a long time. And, you know, the, the thing about it was it, not having the good educational resources is what crushed me because I was trying to research and learn and they just weren't out there. So, you know, that's the direction I decided to go to, to start providing help for people before I did uh, this, before I was on YouTube. Uh, I was the uh, executive director of a nonprofit uh, drug rehab for teenage boys. I worked in recovery off and on for 10 years. I'm in recovery for myself, overdosed in 2015. Uh, I'm sorry, 2007. It's been 15 years now. 2007, I overdosed. I had been on drugs for a long time and, um, you know, went into a coma, was under arrest and went to two years of drug rehab and, uh, wow. you know, have been sober ever since. So that's definitely a part of my story. And, and, totally. and because of what I went through, that's why I like helping people. And so in 2018, when the channel started, getting a little bit of traction, not that much, you know, my passion had really moved from, you know, recovery, which had been such a center of my life for so long to helping people financially. And so, you know, I still like to think that what I do ultimately is help people. And, you know, I've met so many people that watch the channel that um, have, have become millionaires. Uh, I remember there's a story of a guy who, you know, worked at a chiropractor's office and he told everybody about Ethereum at 10 cents. And he made 30 millionaires in that office. And I thought that was so cool. We've made way more than that. And like, that's the thing I'm the most proud of is, uh, you know, the, the people that we've helped and, and try to help shift people's mindset from how much money you're going to make this month to how much money you can make overall long-term in crypto. Yeah, that, that's fascinating stuff. And, and what a unique story. You know, everybody has their own, you know, their own way of kind of getting into crypto. But what's, you know, crypto is something that touches every aspect of life. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of different platforms that are kind of coming out that are, you know, there's GameFi and Metaverse, and there's people that are like all in on that, right? Then there's other people that are all in on DeFi and, you know, all these different new fangled applications. And then there's other people that are like, oh, I'm here in, in Bitcoin and crypto only for Bitcoin, right? And, and they say everything else is, is trash. And so what we kind of have seen is a spectrum unfold. Where, where would you kind of say that you fall on the spectrum? Yeah, well, we look at ourselves really as... We, we like altcoins for sure. We talk a lot about altcoins, so we're definitely not Bitcoin maximalists. Uh, we don't hone in on one niche uh, completely. We've always said our biggest investments 
are in and our biggest returns have been in uh, smart contract platforms. So I really love smart contract platforms. I definitely love uh, being able to, to think of a decentralized world, a Web3 to where there's the censorship is is gone. And, you know, I, I like to think of a world where like the internet is a little more secure. I mean, the fact that a seven-year-old can grab a phone and with a couple clicks end up on porn, like that's crazy. Like people say crypto is in the wild, wild west. I still think in a lot of ways the internet is. And, and I see ways that blockchain and Web3 can solve a, a lot of those problems and a lot of issues. So, you know, I really love smart contract platforms. We also... We have a larger company here called Hit Network. We have other channels that fall under Hit Network, including uh, new uh, was New Money Gang. Now it's Meta Money. So it's showing you how to make money in the metaverse. Uh, NFT update, obviously talking about NFTs. And then uh, the latest channel, Frankie Candles Trading. Uh, there's a trading candles or a trading channel. So we kind of have our, our hand in a roundabout way in a lot of different areas. But we look at ourselves as the ESPN of crypto. Like that's what we are. We're the ESPN of crypto. Like if that. you want to know what's going on, you, you come check out SportsCenter. We've got another show that gives other perspectives around the blockchain a little bit later in the day. Very highly produced uh, content. Uh, we think we have the you know highest production vol- uh, you know, value on, on crypto YouTube. You know The goal is to have it the best uh, on YouTube, period. So one thing we are really doing this year in 2022 is we are totally shifting. We're getting more serious on the channel. And, and what I mean by that is, 2021 was fun. Everybody had a great time. Everybody was making money. Uh, subscriber numbers were going through the roof. And, you know, we have to remember, though, 70% of people in crypto came in in 2021. That means, depending on when they came in, there's a chance right now they're staying at a net loss. And so it's our job. And I feel like the, the, the creators in 2018 on YouTube did not do a good job, in my opinion, of helping people during that time that's when you got to get serious about crypto. You got to get serious about crypto when prices are down, when you're in a downtrend. Like the difference between choosing to invest in Cardano at two cents in the bear market versus choosing to invest in Dragon Chain in the bear market or Icon that still haven't reached new all-time highs. So, you know, those decisions on helping people figure out what coins are going to give them the biggest advantage you know, it's a very serious thing. And so, you know, that's yeah. one thing we're doing. We're also, um, you know, we haven't even announced announced this yet. Uh, we're going to announce it uh, next week. We're doing zero sponsor content on the channel going forward. So we won't be doing any, uh, in, in, no one will ever be able to, you know, pay for content on our channel again, which is part, we run a business and, uh, you know, we always disclose our, our partnerships and our sponsorships, but we decided going forward that for this year, you know, from now on, we want to make this all about the people. We are the people's channel. And so, you know, we're, we're regular guys. We're regular people here at BitBoy Crypto. And we believe that most of our viewers are also regular people. We want to set them up for success in the best way possible. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, for, for us, you know, we are not a sponsored channel. Any show that kind of, or any project that comes on the show or the podcast, they're not paying us to promote them either. Um, you know, we have advertisers and those are always disclosed. You know, yeah. this is an ad, right? But other than that, yeah, we just like to bring on, uh, you know, the most interesting other hedge fund managers or project developers or, you know, content creators um, and just hear their perspective. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, you kind of, you made an interesting point about like the difference between Cardano and Icon, right? ADA versus ICX, you know, looking at the charts, you know, what, what is it? What was the difference that you spotted out and you were able to say and recommend Cardano over, you know, ICX at that time, you know, which was the difference of, you know, thousands and thousands of percent. Was there anything specific in your analysis or in the process that made you say, yep, that's going to be the one? Well, n- number one, I mean, you have 
Charles Hoskinson behind it, one of the co-founders of Ethereum. And some people will will point to Gavin Wood and, and Charles Hoskinson and say that they were both, you know, as integral, if not more integral than Vitalik in, in a lot of ways in, in actual implementation. So when you look at that big name coming in and you understand his philosophy of he was the person that code is law, that that phrase used to be more mm-hmm. popular in crypto came from, you know, because of the Ethereum hack. Vitalik was on the side that wanted to basically roll back the transaction that allowed for the hack. I think it was $90 million, somewhere thereabouts. And, and Charles said, no, like we got to be responsible. This is the way it is. This is the code. That's the point of crypto. And Vitalik and the people that wanted to roll it back won out because they didn't want the, the hackers to get the money. And so they create a new chain. And the Ethereum chain, obviously, is the new chain. Ethereum Classic is the original chain. A lot of people don't know that. But when you've got someone that stands by his beliefs that much, what that says to you is this is a person that's doing this for the right reasons. And this isn't a, you know, a blow to the ICX founders. Okay. But I'm just saying this is a person you can have confidence in. Um, and then the other thing is when you look at the previous success of the project, getting all the way into the top 10 in 2017 and it's consistency to stay in between the top 10 and the top 20 at the lowest, you look at their community and it's so rabid and it's so, look at the staking numbers. 71% of all Cardano is staked. Now, I don't know exactly what that number was during the bear market, but, you know, people were starting to stake in the bear market, uh, you know, for Cardano. So you just got to you, you have to be the same thing with NFTs. Looking at the community and their reaction to the project, it will tell you a lot about where it's going. And when you look at some communities like there's some smaller coins out there um, that do have rabid communities that for whatever reason, they, they never blow up. And I kind of call those like the delusional investors. You know, you got these people that invest in something and they talk about it, hype it up all the time, but there's just not a lot of substance there. Uh, you know, we see that with kind of fly by night projects that will pop up, get popular for a couple months and then kind of disappear. All of a sudden they got these giant armies of people. And a lot of times those are bots, you know, yet you have to be able to, to look at the social sentiment and see what people really think about a project, not just what people are tweeting about on Twitter with the hashtag. Or, you know, if you ask, if you have a big Twitter account and you ask like, hey, what altcoin should I check out? go look at the list. It'll be crazy because it's a lot of people just showing coins. So you got to tell the difference between a, uh, you know, a a community that is, you know, understands what they're talking about. And then a community that's just showing a project that's not going to really be worth anything down the road. It's a new year, but it's feeling harder than ever to find and hire the qualified people that you need, especially for small businesses. And that's where LinkedIn jobs comes in. They make it easier to find the people you want to talk to, and they do it faster, and guess what? They do it for free. And I can attest that LinkedIn is great for finding the right people. I mean, we use LinkedIn to fill positions here at Crypto 101, including our newest crypto analyst hire already this year. Uh, You could create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Holy smokes. Uh, You could focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Okay, then you could use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you would like to interview and eventually hire. In fact, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one 
in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your first job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. And terms and conditions do apply. Yeah, so it sounds like you really pay a lot of attention to you know the people behind the project Absolutely. and the community. Those um, are the, those are the most important things, in my opinion, because when you when you look at potential and use case, it's hard to flesh out how that's going to turn out because you know we're still in the early days mm. of blockchain and everything's still real clumsy and, and quirky, and, and we don't know what use cases are going to be able to be fulfilled by blockchain yet. I mean, obviously there are some things DeFi that, that we kind of know, but the, the potential is very close between a lot of them. It, it's the people that make a difference. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the, um, the amount of spam and, and bots on Twitter. You know, we, we run another company called altcoin alert. Um, people can go check it out altcoinalert.com. And, um, and we, we track social and sentiment data. We license data from a company called the tie um, and, and the ties algorithm parses out 90% of, uh, of tweets based on a certain hashtag or cash tag. And uh, their, their filtration algorithm basically shows, um, you know, which tweets are coming from real people that have like, you know, legitimate histories and, and profiles and, you know, other, you know, just bots that are spamming um, that want to basically clog up, um, you know, sentiment scoring. So, I think you're right, you know, along with the fundamentals of a project uh, and looking at the people behind it and the communities that form. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply form around it, right? Which is a great tell, right? You know, in the same way that like, I don't know, um, white blood cells, you know, kind of all coagulate around an infection and then, you know, destroy it or whatever, like a community, you know, it, it it's people coagulate around an idea and it gets mm -hmm. big and big and big. And like, you know, that's kind of the sign that there's something interesting going on. There's people that are just globbing on to this one concept and they're viral about it and they're doing everything they can to spread the word. And when you see that, you got to say, okay, that, that, that's a hot button. That's something I want to kind of throw my weight behind. Um, so I think that's, that's really interesting because it, it you know, it also, you know, happens in, uh, in the world of stock trading and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people see Tesla or people see these, these ideas that they just love and they just go crazy about it. And so having a, uh, you know, almost that cult like mentality around these coins um, get, just gets people hyped up. It's pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very fascinating, and to look at the different communities develop and how they develop. I, if there were a way to judge 
the intelligence of the people who are making the tweets about that coin, that would be really great. Mm. Because I feel like when you look, if you look at a group of a community of investors in a project, what you'll find that I think is very similar for the ones that don't make it, that just kind of get maybe hot for a minute or either you just can't figure out why people are talking about the coin all the time because it's not really doing stuff. I think what you'll find most of the time is it's brand new people to crypto that for whatever reason they came in crypto and this was just the coin that they saw and they started liking and and they said, oh, this could be the next Bitcoin or the next big one to move. And then also, you know, the second thing of that is like, is this person a serial shiller? You know, is this someone who's making tweets that, you know, Every other day, they're making tweets about, you know, some project. The thing about the Cardano community that really sets it apart is, you know, their investors are smart. They're not just like sheep investing into something for the most part. And, and that's evidenced by the staking numbers. You know, there are people that know crypto. That there are people that they've bought into this this ideal of what a layer one uh, should look like. So I think that the... You know, intelligence may not be the right word, experience, intelligence, crypto education level. You know, when you're looking at like high level people that are all in on a project, that's why if, if you look at, you know, what, one of my favorite YouTubers, I, there's a lot of YouTubers I like, but, you know, George from Cryptos R Us, like he was on the show recently. I think he's a great YouTuber. What's um, his name? I watched him. What, what's that? I, I didn't catch your, you, you spoke too fast. I didn't hear what he's called. George, his channel is Cryptos R Us. Oh, gotcha. Cryptos R Us. Yeah, he's, he's a, I think he's got about 400,000 subscribers. You know, sometimes I'll be like checking out, just scrolling through the feed on YouTube and I'll see his video. And like, I pretty much know if there's a coin on that thumbnail that I don't know, I know I need to look into it because mm -hmm. I know he's a smart guy and he's not just throwing out a zillion different coins. Most of the coins he talks about, they become major projects. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, the person who's telling you it does matter, but you also have to come up with your own, you know, strategy and research methods. You can't just, you know, if there's a popular person, they say a coin, you go buy it. You, you got to put a little more into it than that. Yeah, it's interesting. It, where do you see most of your audience? Because it's funny, like, for instance, I, I went and uh, I, I was checking out the other day. I was getting an item and somebody was, you know, asking me about where I work. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, you know, doing crypto stuff. And he's like, oh, Cardano. Do you know anything about Cardano? Like, I, you know, I'm on YouTube all the time and that's the only one I see. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And I go, I talk to somebody else who's like, hey, like, were you just talking about that guy about Cardano? Like, you know, I'm all in on Cardano too. And so it feels like Cardano has really like saturated the YouTube world. But then if you go and you talk to other people who aren't really big YouTubers, they're more like TikTokers. They'll talk about like Dogecoin. Do you know anything about Dogecoin, mm -hmm. Bryce? Do you know Shiba Inu and, and all these meme coins? And I'm like, for me, like a guy who's been in the industry for over half a decade now, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm always kind of like, you know, warning people against like, you know, these, these meme coins and all right. that kind of stuff. I don't think they have much long-term merit, but, uh, but you know, Dogecoin pumped like, you know, thousands and thousands of percent. So who had egg it, on it, It's hard me. to tell people their coins bad when they made so much money on it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it, do you want to be right? Or do you want to make money? There's like, you know, and sure. Mm -hmm. Dogecoin might not be as, you know, technically innovative as, you know, some fancy DeFi bridge, right? But which one made more money for the token holder? And so who was right? Who was wrong? I don't know. Um, do you have any thoughts on like kind of the coins that get circulated, like the meme coins versus coins that like saturate YouTube? Well, I think it's generation. You know, there, there's a generational gap there. Gen Z, Gen Z is obsessed with the idea of finding the next Bitcoin, you know, and I think that's because a lot of them do not understand the tokenomics 
of circulating supply and max supply and the, the, the tokenomics of how they go into the supply and how that relates to the market cap and how that relates to the price. This is like, I can't break it down any more simple than this. A 100% gain is a 100% gain, regardless of how much the coin is. The price of the coin actually <laughs> doesn't matter at all yeah. as to whether it's a good investment or not. When you look at Bitcoin, you say, oh, it's too high. Well, yeah, it, it's too high because, you know, if you're getting into crypto just now and you're very new and you don't have $100,000 to buy, you know, uh, more than two Bitcoin, you're probably not going to get really rich on Bitcoin. It's not because of the price of Bitcoin. It's because the market cap is running into numbers that are so astronomical. It's hard for Bitcoin to 10x from here. Now, it may do it as more attention comes, but it's hard for Bitcoin to 10x from $45,000. That's so much money in market cap. Trillions of dollars have got to come into it. You know, to 10X, basically, you know, I think it needs like another $15 trillion, something like that. Like that really is an insane number. The people with Shiba and the people with SafeMoon those, and Dogecoin, in general, they get excited because they see the low price. And they think of the potential. Well, if Bitcoin's at thirty, you know, $35,000, Dogecoin's only at, you know, five cents. What if it just goes to $100? They don't understand like, that's not really possible because of how, you know, the market cap works. So, you know, I'm right there with you. We say the same thing about uh, meme coins. We've never invested. We've invested in like maybe a flyer on a meme coin here, here and there, but we've never. And even that one, we were like, this is really risky. We're really dumb for doing this. We're going to throw some money in it because I heard some good things about it. So if you're looking at money or, or if you're looking at crypto is just purely a money play and it's just like, how much money can I build up? And you're you want to use a very risky strategy then invest in meme coins like, you know, but right now it's probably not the best time. Maybe they've already had their run like we see, uh, you know, with other niches. You, you have to look deeper at what's going to be here in 10 years. I mean, I, I believe there's maybe 20. I mean, at the beginning of this bull run, I was saying five, but I think maybe there's 20 projects that I feel pretty confident will be around in 10 years from now. Five, five years from now, you know, FTX and uh, CRO, you know, those are ones that are recently on the list. I mean, I think they've made a big statement with their marketing yeah. and the, the amount of dollars they paid for the length of years of sponsorship of arenas and things like that and commercials. So, so they're going to be around and, then you, got, you know, you got Bitcoin, you got Ethereum, you got XRP, Cardano. Cardano still has some stuff to prove, though, at this point. Totally. Chainlink, Avalanche, Solana. Once again, Solana having problems, we're still pretty confident they've got the money to, to fix it. You, you start looking at some of these coins and you just start saying like, you know, which ones do I really feel confident in? And I think your investment strategy should really reflect that. Even if you're in a place where you are, you want to flip meme coins or you want to invest in 100x altcoins, I understand that. I did it for sure. You know, we used to talk a lot about on the channel, a lot more on the channel about that stuff when we were doing similar things, DeFi summer, all this. But your strategy has got to be Make that money while you can to roll it into the coins that will be here for the long term. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. The Generation Z, they're not really thinking long term right now. Mm. They're just thinking like, how can I get enough money to go buy a car? You know, or how, how can I make enough money to move out of my parents' house or to pay off my student loans? They're not thinking, in my opinion, really long term. Sheba is not going to be a top 10 coin in 10 years from now. I would say there's a zero percent chance that that happens. Um, Dogecoin's consistently been in the top 20 uh, throughout its existence. So, you know, hard to discount what Elon Musk possibly could do there. 
but still I would lean towards no, you know, mm-hmm. by a long shot. So you got to look at stuff that has actual value, adds value to the world. Um, and, and if you are making smaller moves, roll up into those coins, you're going to be much better off for it. I, I think one of the interesting things that you kind of, kind of maybe hit on was um, that we, you know, we, there's a different kind of quality of investors that are in the markets right now um, than there was in 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that we were, we, a lot of us were, were kind of caught offside and humbled because there was no blow off top, right? That that sort of really sharp wick with lots of mania and excitement and, you know, that happened in 2017, 2018, that didn't occur this time. We had a, you know, a rounded bottom. And I think that the reason why, this is kind of my guess, is that the quality of investors who are now in Bitcoin and in Ethereum are, are, are very similar um, to like institutional investors who own tech stocks, right? And these sort of funds that are, are, are betting on the proliferation of artificial intelligence and IoT and all these things like, you know, the ARK invest funds, like that quality of institutional investor who has an innovative, you know, investment mandate. Um, now they look at Bitcoin and Ethereum, they take a position in that. But then when you have all of these same quality of investors, you know, basically turning crypto from a, a purely retail driven sort of phenomenon to now, you know, big institutional money is here because the market caps are big enough to kind of, you know, allow them to, to play in this arena. Um, now what we're seeing is like when, when those sorts of, you know, tech stocks or whatever, you know, start to sell off because, you know, people are really, you know, fearful that the interest rate hike is going to affect everybody's cost of capital. And these tech stocks have, you know, overvaluations and they're going to come crashing down. So the trader in that fund who owns Bitcoin along with AI and tech and, uh, you know, IOT, you know, stocks and all that kind of, when he gets the tap on his shoulder from his portfolio manager to say, hey, we're de-risking the fund, sell everything that has this sort of correlation of this risk. And like, he's going to, you know, crypto is going to get caught up in the crossfire because that's just, it's just kind of what it is, right? And we see those correlations exist and it hasn't really been an inflation hedge, if you will, like, it's been kind of just correlated to tech stocks. And so I guess it's a long-winded way of saying, like, do you think that, A, this correlation is going to continue? And, and do you have any thoughts around, like, you know, you know, comparing Bitcoin with tech stocks and that whole di- dilemma there? Um, and, you know, do you think that this kind of assumption that we're getting more institutional quality than retail is also a correct assumption? Uh, that is definitely a correct assumption. Uh, we the vast majority of money in crypto now, specifically Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, and Solana, is institutional money for sure coming in, and that's definitely changed things to some extent. It makes the manipulation to the downside a lot scarier, you know, than than we yeah. had seen previously. You know, this idea that institutions don't sell—I don't know where people got that from. They've been selling on the stock market <laughs> forever. You know, they're they're the king puppet masters and you know market manipulators. But, you know, so that's definitely true. We've definitely seen that. We have all kinds of futures and, you know, ETFs now and uh, derivatives and, you know, a lot of things we didn't have, you know, back in the day, you know, 2016, early 2017. And so that has definitely, you know, changed the game to some extent. But, uh, you know, I want to go back to the correlation because I think this is a a, a much more important conversation. And then I'm going to bring it back back around to, to the other thing here in a second. So when it comes to the correlation, I read an article we talked about on my live stream recently. Um, a guy, I think he's from Meridian Capital Group. Can't remember the guy's name exactly. I can't remember, you know, uh, wh- where I read the article, but we read it on the live stream. And it's it's a fund manager, basically. And he said, here's the thing about correlation. When, when stocks or Bitcoin and stocks right now 
when they correlate, they correlate at a very high level and then they don't correlate again. So what we see with correlation between Bitcoin and, and NASDAQ is right now it's there, right? When, when the market dump occurred in March of 2020, March 12th, I think, it was correlated. They both dumped together, right? And I remember that day, like I remember thinking to myself, wow, Bitcoin's supposed to be an inflation hedge. It's doing a bad job. You know, what's the narrative? The price isn't going up. It's not, you know, working against inflation. You know, that, that was a day I really started thinking like, man, wh where is this going? You know, if I made a bad decision about totally. making, I remember this that in my day. career, you know, like what if we're all wrong about Bitcoin? Like that's the feelings that that day gave us for sure. But what did we see? We saw Bitcoin bottom faster and rise faster. Tech stocks have risen based on the extra dollars that flows into them from inflation. Bitcoin goes up as an effect of the inflation. At some point, the dollar will stop getting printed as much as it is. The, the, the quantitative easing has got to end at some point or we lose the reserve currency because our money is too devalued. I mean, the money charts are insane. I mean, it was a whole other subject. It's got to change. We will move to deflation at some point in the United States, or at least a much lesser, lesser, lesser rate of inflation. And you know, Bitcoin at that point is probably there's probably some other niche that they'll it'll correlate with, but tech stocks will not. You know, tech stocks will take a really, really big hit. You know, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as the the dot com boom or anything like that or bubble, but, you know, tech stocks will not be able to keep going up forever. The stock market has been, you know, propped up on money printing here for a long time. So I, I, I think the, the important thing here is it's correlated right now. Why? Money concerns, uh, uh, financial crisis concerns, uh, monetary policy concerns, inflation concerns. These right now, because we do have a higher level of investor in Bitcoin now, they are making people think like maybe we need to see what the Fed is going to do. However, the Fed comes out and says that, you know, they're just going to print a bunch more money. Tech stocks will gradually tick up like we've seen. And Bitcoin will go parabolic again. And I think that's the hope. That's the hope if you're in Bitcoin for your personal self, uh, you know, if for money going for another bull run this year and to get, you know, new all time highs. Uh, but that's bad for the future of the United States economy. <laughs> like it's one of those things where you sit there and like, you know, wow, my house is great. Everybody else's house is burning down. Do I clap or do I act concerned? You know, like that's kind mm -hmm. of the feeling that I think a lot of us are going to have in, in the future when this thing does come, you know, tumbling down. So, and then just to, you know, just to kind of wrap it up and, and bring it back to, you know, the market manipulation here. I, I think when you look at the institutions and the market manipulators and how they control things, they've controlled the stock market forever, I do think there's a big argument here if we don't get a, a third leg to this bull run and, and this is a bear market and we're going down, you know, which right now I'm 55% feeling bullish based on this rally, 45% still feel like I'm very close to 50-50 on whether I yeah. feel like we're in a multi-year bear market or we still have more upside. If that was the top, if 69K was the top and we are not going to see new all-time high until after the halving in 2024, I think... The fact that there's so much education out there on YouTube, on Twitter, on you know uh, informational sites about crypto, so much information about the Bitcoin cycles, so much information about blow-off tops. Everybody was watching for it this time. People weren't watching for it before. Mm. Since everybody was watching for it, they did something different. 
Yeah. Interesting. It's like, uh, you know, the market's always trying to screw the most amount of people. Mm-hmm. And if everybody's expecting one thing, you know, the opposite's going to happen. Yep. Max Payne. Um, Max Payne. Well, well, thank you so much, Ben. Hey, if, if people are out there, they're, they're wanting to follow you. Uh, what's the best place to find you? Is it just a quick Google search for BitBoy or you want to send them anywhere particular? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely find us on all major platforms. Just search BitBoy Crypto. Uh, we also have BitLabAcademy.com. This is our, our training university for blockchain. New content on there every month. It's 29 bucks a month, so it's very affordable. If you're looking to get into crypto and uh, you know get your hands dirty, uh, that's a good place to start. We got everything from uh, beginner to expert. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. We look forward to having you back uh, You know, sometime here in the future. Any more big announcements? Uh, and we'll uh, we'll keep tabs and we'll sp- speak to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.